Good morning. I have prayed much of this service. I have struggled much with it. And before we begin, I would like to say to Brother Paul, thank you. Thank you, worship team, for that. You know, he sent me an email with the, the list of the songs he was, he was going to, they were going to sing, they were going to present. As I was studying this past week, and I almost couldn't contain myself. As I read the list of songs, and especially as I went and began to read the words of the songs we were going to sing, I mean, they're familiar to us, no doubt. But you know what? He preached a sermon in those songs already. We are called to the Lord, awakened to life, call up into his love, and our heart's cry becomes, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and sing like never before, and we worship your holy name. I would that we would let these words sink in and that our spirits would be served up this morning, that we're coming together to worship the living God. We're coming together to offer ourselves to Him and offer thanksgiving to Him for what He has done. And then as we become aware of the enormity of the price that has been paid for our sin debt, we, like all of heaven, in unison, unison begin to explain, worthy is the Lamb. I'm sure you've read the book of Revelation and you've seen where heaven is exposed and what are they doing? They're crying, holy, 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 and worthy is the Lamb who takes away the sin of the world. Crown him with many crowns. He is victorious. This is what we just sang. And then we're galvanized by this realization. We resolve for the cause of Christ we go. We reap with joy, we with faith to sow, as many see and put their trust in the Son. That's the whole purpose. It's if we go forth for the cause of Christ, many will come to trust in the Son. And then finally, the song we'll sing after the sermon is all for Christ. In Christ alone. Here in the love of Christ I stand. Here in the death of Christ I live. Fought with the precious blood of Christ. Here in the power of Christ I'll stand. You know, it would behoove us at times, I believe, if we would allow the music to stir us. If we will allow the words of the song, because the songs we sing here are quite scriptural. If we'll allow them to stir up in us, just as the Lord's table we partook in, if we would allow that to stir up in us the remembrance of what Christ has done for us, for what awesome price has been paid. I would that we would leave today quickened by the Holy Spirit of God, made alive, so that we would go out in power, rejoicing, because we are set free by Christ. And that was for free. That's yeah. But that's how, that's how I am. I don't know about you, but man, when we sing songs like that, it's all I can do is stand there. I have to sometimes lift up my hands and just whoosh for what he has done, for who he is. Especially when I realize who I am. Today we're going to read from Acts chapter 4. And it is a new year, 2022. 
pray for renewal this year. For a new heart, new mind, new eyes to see God in a new way. A new voice to praise Him and worship Him in a greater way. Let us go to prayer. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the privilege to be here. I thank you, Lord, for the gift that this is. That we can come together in one mind, one accord, one heart, one voice to hear from heaven. To hear your word, Lord. I pray you send your spirit down and he touch us with that anointing that destroys the yokes that bind. I pray that you would cast out all that would hinder or all that would distract or all that would deceive us, Lord. And that you have your way in this place today. And that your word go forth in power. That your will will be performed. And that it will not return void. Let our hearts be lifted up today, Lord, in you, in Christ. That we would worship you in spirit and in truth. It's in the name of Jesus I pray. Amen. Acts chapter 4. I found it difficult to realize where do I need to start because I'm, I want to tell you all of it. So we're going to begin at the end and then go back to the beginning and then go through a little bit. Hopefully we'll, we'll understand precisely what God has for us. So look at Acts chapter 4 and Verse 23. And when they had been released, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard this, they lifted their voices to God with one chord and said, O Lord, it is thou who didst make the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of our father David thy servant did say, why did the Gentiles rage and the people devised feudal things? The kings of the earth took their stand, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly, in this city, they were gathered together against thy holy servant Jesus, whom thou didst anoint, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever thy hand and thy purpose predestined to occur. And now, Lord, take note of their threats and grant that thy bondservants may speak thy word with all confidence. While thou dost extend thy hand to heal and signs and wonders take place in the name of thy holy servant Jesus. Did we just hear what happened there? They prayed, God, Give us boldness to speak your word. Allow us to speak your word more boldly, even though we are in a place where they don't want to hear your word. Even though we are in a place where they lifted their hand up against Christ. And as we'll discover, even though we're in a place where we have been commanded not to do so. And what was the result of that? In verse 31, 
And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. I love this portion of Scripture. I have encountered throughout my life in Christ people who will tell you there is you get saved, you come to Christ, you repent, your sins are forgiven, they're washed away, but then there's another thing that you have to do. You have to go and you have to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. But we read here in Acts, if we go all the way back to the beginning, we read where they were in the upper room they were filled with the Spirit of God. Well, are you saying that what they said is true? No, here's what I like. They were filled with the Spirit of God, yes, on the day of Pentecost. But here we see again, if they approach God rightly, asking for the things that are in God's will, then they're filled again. To be filled with the Holy Spirit is not a one-time thing. But to be filled with the Holy Spirit is a continual process. And I'll tell you what, we can't be filled with all of Him. Our bodies will not hold Him. But we can be filled. Again and again. And we must be filled again and again. I've already believed my notes, but I want to thank the Lord today. I want to give you what God has for us. I want to hear what God has for us. We need to. Not only do we need to hear what God has for us, Brother Paul, we need to respond to what God has for us. We need to be filled with the Spirit of God. This is the new year. January 2nd, 2022. There's new things coming down the road. There's going to be new occurrences. The last few years haven't been that good, have they? In fact, they've grown quite dark, and not to be political or anything like that, but just to be general. The world is in a bad place. We are in that time now, I believe it's easy to see, where perilous times have come, and evil men grow worse and worse. And if we believe the scripture, we can see that it's only going to be fine. Evil men are only going to grow worse and worse. The days are only going to grow darker. But if we if we remember our scripture, in Acts chapter 2, when they were hidden in the upper room, they were doing what Jesus had called them to do, were they not? He said, go and tarry in Jerusalem until you be endured with power from on high. And so they had gathered themselves there. They had gathered themselves in this upper room waiting for that promised Spirit of God, the Comforter, the Helper to be given. And we read that suddenly, whatever version you want to read, I'm just going to paraphrase, we read suddenly like a mighty rushing wind from heaven. The Spirit of God comes through and fills them. And we are doing an illustration that tongues of fire, little flames were above their head. I don't know what that represents. I don't even know how, how it was perceived. But to me it means that there was an outward manifestation of power of God given to them. Of a light set on fire. And to be quite honest, sometimes I look at myself and I begin to wonder 
Does my wife sell them fine? It's 2022, and we've already been reminded we don't need to go and make a bunch of resolutions because when we go to make resolutions, we ultimately you know, don't fulfill them, and then that builds in us like, oh, I didn't do what I wanted to do. I'm such a failure. I don't want to make resolutions, but I want to be resolved that I will have, I will live in Christ a life set on fire this year. I tell you, that's the only way we're going to combat the things that are coming down the road. It's a, it's a glorious Lord's Day morning. It's, it's a beautiful day outside. It's a brand new year. And I want to come up here and I want to, I want to preach to you joy and happiness and, and all those things. But that would be wrong. Why would it be wrong? Because according to Scripture, that's not what's coming. At least not physically. At least not on this temporal plane. Now I will say that even though all that comes, if we are filled with the Spirit of God, we will have a deep-seated joy that nothing can touch. If we are filled with the Spirit of God, we will have a peace that the world can take away. That's why it's so important. Oh, I love the Bible, and I love studying the Word of God. I, I get lost in it, in tomes of theology, some of my favorite, favorite reading, you know, and, and the Puritan writings, as difficult as they may be, I love to read it. Why? Because that's where you see them worshiping the Lord. And it builds strength and character. But an intellectual ascent is not enough. We need a heartfelt change. We need not only intellectually to move toward God, but we need emotionally to move toward God. Yes, we have our form and our standard and, and we have our our service, our, our the way we worship, but sometimes it would behoove us if we stepped out of that a little bit. Sometimes when we're stirred up in our spirit by the Spirit of God, it, it would do well if we were to exclaim maybe, hallelujah. You know what? I read in the Bible and then we see the scene of heaven unfold, there will be hallelujahs exclaimed that would no doubt shake apart the earth if they were allowed. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God be praised. Why? Because of what he's done. I mean, if we just stick to the very foundation, he gave us his son, he gave us Christ. Christ came and died on the cross and I have pondered that over the last several weeks, really pondered it, and, and it's beyond my comprehension. Oh yes, I can look and see a man bearing a cross or, or whipped and spit upon and mocked, because we see that around us, do we not? There are Christians right now being crucified, hung to crosses. There are Christians right now being persecuted for their faith to death. But when I begin to try to understand and comprehend the price Christ truly paid. The wages of sin are death, right? And if we sin against the infinite God, the wages of sin are infinite. And Christ on the cross became sin. Christ on the cross became the curse. Christ on the cross bore all of those sins. Now, how do you comprehend that? 
But that's just the foundation. We're supposed to move beyond the foundation. We're supposed to grow. We're supposed to be a building, a building, building by God. So what does that say? Well, if we look into the future, we peer into the future, and we begin to realize, according to the Word of God, that things are only going to get worse and worse, but then we realize that we will be kept. Why? Because we have, we serve the master of the storm. As the storm rages, as the winds blow, as the waves crash, he can stand up and say, peace. It doesn't matter what's coming. We are secure in Christ. We have peace, hope, and joy, and we can stand in the midst of this with those things. If we will arm ourselves with this word, I love this portion of scripture. They were persecuted. You know, here's the here's the event in a nutshell. They were in the upper room, Pentecost came, they were filled with the Spirit, and they responded as we should respond if the Spirit of God is in us. They immediately stepped out and began to proclaim Jesus Christ crucified. They immediately stepped out and began to proclaim to the audience that were the people who were accepting of Christ being crucified. And they told them, you were wrong. You crucified the Prince of Glory. You crucified the Savior. But they had a realization and an understanding that it was precisely to fulfill the word and will of God. But they did it with boldness. And then they went out. What happened? Thousands of people came to Christ. And they began to worship the Lord in fullness. They began to worship the Lord in Spirit and truth. They begin to love one another. It says they had all things common. It says they were daily under the apostles, under the disciples and apostles' doctrine. They were learning, they were searching, they were seeking, they were praying, they were reaching for God, and they were growing at it. And what happened? People came to Christ. At one point it says, even the priests, even many of the priests. We're beginning to believe. They were gathering daily in each other's homes. Why? Because they suddenly were filled with love itself. Right? God is love. John tells us this. They were filled with love. I remember, I remember when I got saved, I was I was in a little country church and I was down at an altar. They did it that way. It was okay. Nobody told me what to do. The Lord compelled me. And I went down to this altar. I went down a, a nasty, vile, wretched, wicked person, so burdened down with sin that I could not even live. And when I got up, I was changed. And I loved every person I saw. And that continued on for as long as I continued to, to seek and hunger for that, that righteousness and that, that love. Even when I came to the point where I realized some of the people in the congregation didn't like me at all. Right? We're wheat and tares. There are tares among the wheat. And I realized they didn't like me at all. In fact, they were not for my good. And my wife would come to me and say, what are you going to do about that? I said, I'm going to feel sorry for them because they don't understand and I'm going to pray that their heart will be changed. Why? Because the love of God is in me. 
not to go on and have you think now that, oh man, he's really walking that walk. No. Because if we stop reading the Bible, if we stop responding to what we read, if we stop praying so that we are shaken, so that we are filled with the Spirit of God, then that love can grow cold. That love can diminish. We have to stir this up. Some of the old-time preaching I've heard likens it to soaking the fire, add wood to the flame so it burns greater and greater. That's what we have to do. That's what the, the apostles did here. They went about and they were doing everything right and God was moving and people were being saved and the church was growing because that's what we're witnessing here is the birth of the church. And if this is what occurs at the birth of the church, ought it not still be so in the church? They were going about doing all these things, even to the point where faith grew so greatly that people were, were receiving from them. What is, what's going on right here in this context? In this context, Peter and John were going to the temple to pray. They were going to the temple to worship God. Even though they were doing it daily at each other's homes, they were also recognizing that I want to go to the temple to worship. I want to go to the temple at a, at a prescribed time, just like we're doing here, right? We're coming to the house of God to worship. And on their way to the house of God, they see a beggar lying right outside Temple, right at the gate. How many do we have it outside this building that are lame from birth? The Bible tells us that we're dead in sin. They are lame. And he, Peter, doesn't look at us. And the man looks at him thinking, oh, they're going to give me some donation, they're going to give me some money. And he says, Silver and gold, I don't have any of. But what I do, I give to you. Rise up in the name of Jesus Christ. And he walks away, right? Yeah. He reaches down and grabs the man. He pulls him up. Why? Because Peter believes what he says. Peter believes what Jesus has told him. He reaches down and grabs him. And pulls him up. And as he's pulled up, his legs are made whole. And he immediately begins leaping and dancing and praising God. And what brings us to the place where we are? Well, the scribes and Sadducees and priests, all the governing body. You know, Peter and John were fishermen, lowly, second class, blue collar workers, right? And all the ruling class, all the intelligentsia, all the governing body gathers around them after they're arrested. What? Love, joy, peace, gentleness, meekness, self-control. Against such there is no law. 2022, we have laws against that. We need to realize where we are. All they did was say, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And the man got up and walked, and he was lame from 
birth. And the response by the governing body at the time was arrest them. And they did. They arrested them threw them in prison. And, it, you know, we sometimes skip over things or we sometimes don't realize the importance of something. But they threw them in prison and it says they put them in there because it was already evil. You know what that tells me? Have you think about it? They had all night to think about what are all night for the enemy to come to rehearse, looking where you are now, looking what happened. If you were doing what was right, you wouldn't have been arrested to begin with. And then they bring them out in front of them and begin to talk to them and, and question them by whose authority? And Peter preaches it in my Bible, it's called the first sermon by the authority of Jesus Christ. And because the miracle was so evident and so visible, they couldn't do anything to them. They even discussed this amongst themselves, and they put them out. But they commanded, you will not preach or teach in the name of Jesus anymore. Now, are we not in a place today where that is so? Why? Because our gospel is offensive. God as creator is offensive to science. Right? Marriage between a man and a woman is offensive to those who would destroy the family. Life at conception is offensive to those who would sacrifice their children. If we live according to the word of God, we will offend. And we need to recognize it. And we need not be afraid of it. What did Peter and John say to them when they said, Do not preach or teach in this name anymore? They said, You decide whether it be right that we obey you or God. But we can only preach and teach what we have seen and heard. You know what that is? That's a testimony that they were Christians. In here it says, Oh, and they begin to recognize that these were the men that were with Jesus. It says it. What? So, my question for us today is, or at least the rhetorical question we should ask ourselves, how many people can say, that person has been with Jesus? It's 2022. We need to be ready. I, I gave the title when I was asked what the title was going to be, an email, as persecution comes, pray. And it really should be persecution is coming, pray now. But the thing, the question is, the, the truth is, what ought we to pray? We read it. God, they have told us not to do it, not to preach in Jesus' name. They're coming against us. They're saying, we cannot preach that marriage is between a man and a woman as covenant in the Bible. They're telling us that we cannot preach that abortion is wrong. They're telling us that we cannot preach you shall not lie, you shall not steal, you shall not kill. They're telling us that you cannot preach. Jesus Christ is the only way. His is the only name under heaven. And if you don't believe me, just go read your news. Preachers and lay people 
anyone who professes Jesus Christ now is in danger of losing their job. Is in danger of going to jail. It's happening. It's happening in Canada. It's happening in Europe. It's happening here. It's the same persecution. It's the same spirit. And so what should be our response? We go back together to our companions. That's the NASB's way of saying it. They went back to the body of believers. They went back to the ecclesia, the called out ones, the church. And they prayed, Oh Lord, deliver us from these evil people. No. They prayed, God, give us boldness to speak your word. And the result was they were filled mightily with the Spirit of God again. The place was shaken. Oh, how wonderful would it be if we came in, we gathered together and prayed and the place was shaken. Sometimes shaking is good, right? You know, I've got... The Lord has blessed me with many books in my library. Sometimes I've got to pull a book off the shelf that I haven't looked at it in a while. I kind of have to blow on it and shake it to get the dust off of it. That shaking is good. Sometimes we need to wake up and shake ourselves and get our old creaky bones going. Well, I think we need to pray individually and corporately that we be shaken once more. And filled with the Spirit of God. It's that filling that brings that power. The power, first of all, to love. I, Christ in me causes me to want to see the lost saved. But the flesh in me doesn't want to have anything to do with wicked people. Right? I mean, honestly now, I'm not up here, I'm not a super Christian. Just because God has blessed me and anointed me to preach and teach at times, and I guess it's up to question whether I'm actually doing that now. It's an individual thing. But just because I feel he has called me to do that, he has used me to do it, does not make me special in any way. Because we are all called to be priests. We are all called to be servants of God. We are all called to witness and go out into all the world and preach the gospel. That's the great commission. But there are times if I allow more of me to reign in my heart than the Holy Spirit to reign in my heart, that I become hardened against those who are perishing. So first of all, we need the Spirit of God in us so that we might reach the lost. And then more so, we need the Spirit of God in us that we might be able to stand. The day is coming when we will be brought before the tribunal. When we will be hauled into and before the judge and said, Oh, what authority! And the Bible tells us that it's the Holy Spirit that will give us what to say at that time. Uh, if it were me, there'd be an umbrella here, and we'd all be spared from any kind of suffering whatsoever. I pray for each of you. Lord, bless them. Lord, strengthen them. 
Lord gave them what they needed. Lord moved in their household, moved in their families, saved their lost loved ones, healed their bodies, protect their minds. But you know, we need to go further. It is with the infilling of the Spirit of God, the place was shaken, and they went out and spoke with more boldness. What happened? More people were saved. Thousands came. Oh, it got really wonderfully. It went, it went really good. Everything was up and up, and it was sunny days after that. No, after this, we actually see Stephen is martyred. The church is dispersed, literally cast out of Jerusalem, forced under persecution, under the threat of death. What did they do? They went and ran and hide in hidden places. No. They preached the word of God more boldly. And the church grew and grew and grew. You know, it is on our hearts as it rightly should. I hear it often here that we want to see our church grow. But we need to get together and pray until the place is shaken and we're filled with the Spirit of God. And then we go out and speak boldly and persecution comes. And then the church grows. That's a scary thing. You're crazy for saying it. I'm taking it right out of this I'm not saying, oh, go out and cause trouble. You know, go out in yourself and, and offend people. No. Go out under the leading and prompting of the Holy Spirit of God who fills you. And it will come. It's already here. We just need to get out and go. Bless you. Father, I thank you that you are so so wonderful, so patient, generous, and kind. And we are but children before you, and yet you gently brought us on. Oh God, let us hear the word that you have given, let it pierce our hearts, Lord. Let it give us minds of understanding and hearts to respond to it, Lord. Bless your people, I pray. Let us become that people that you would have, filled with the Spirit of God, speaking your word with boldness and doing it all in the love of God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.